The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the short list. Apologies for the delay on the release. We had some uh, head and chest cold action happening at the house, which made it a lot harder to do any kind of uh, audio recordings. So we're on our way out of that, which allows us to share with you this episode, a dive into dystopian sci-fi in musical form. For our short list option, we have a personal story that I created called That's Entertainment. For those unfamiliar with the shortlist, it's a mini-show that I do every other week just to work out some ideas that I come up with that are original content, though oftentimes leaning on tropes and archetypes that you've seen in any number of other films. And you will see some of that in this film called That's Entertainment. The basic setup is a dystopian society that lives underground after a mass virus wipes the majority of the humanity off the map. This underground installation that was formerly military has been converted into basically a shelter for refugees of the world at this point, of all different backgrounds and cultures. And over the years, the governmental aspect has gone by the wayside and society has morphed into this weird dynamic where everything within the bunker is automated. So as far as jobs that are required by the people, there isn't a whole lot necessary for the people to do. All of their basic human needs are handled electronically, even including fixing the robotics within the building. You know, there, there's very little for that for people to do. So over generations, the only thing that cannot be given to the community by the automated nature of their existence is entertainment. And it being a former government installation, there are cameras and televisions all throughout this installation that is something like 30 floors, big floors, uh, with thousands of people housed in this installation. The outside world is still lousy with the virus. Mankind has been wiped off the face of the earth. And these are the last bastions of society living in this underground shelter. And that's where we are when we meet our main character, our protagonist, uh, Jacob, and his mother, Carla, who are in the basically bottom levels of this underground world. And the only way that people have been able to move their way upwards in, in both the levels and also in their station, in their class in this society, is through being an entertainer. It's the only thing that is really like like money, like any kind of exchange in, in this culture is the ability to entertain, to uh, bring joy to this otherwise dull existence 
in this installation and there's televisions everywhere. And basically the security feeds and cameras have been converted into basically webcams for anybody that wants to get in front of this camera. They can, and they can perform, they can sing, they can dance, they can do magic tricks. They can perform stunts, whatever they want. Basically a YouTube without any rules whatsoever. And it's worked into a loop where they're played one after another. And so there's times that the feed is dead. There's nobody entertaining. There's other times that people are performing at the same time and it automatically kind of pushes it to one after another in the stream for everybody to enjoy. And there are ways for people to pull up previous performances and like a digital security camera program where they can pull up specific time signatures to watch over and over previous performances. And that's what is used to entertain the entire society is this closed circuit system where everybody has access to a camera and a television to be able to entertain and also receive entertainment in a very mutual level. But as you get upper in the levels in this dystopian world, production value can improve. Uh, there's more residual stuff from the former world. There's costumes, there's lighting, there's people that were in entertainment previously that find themselves in better stations because they are able to, they're the highbrow of the entertainment community in this closed circuit world that they live in. And Jacob and his mother are on the bottom floor of this. There's no entertainment background. There's nothing that they can use to move up in the ranks as far as they know. And throughout this entirety, there's this spray that is being used regularly throughout all, a, a lot of the levels that is meant to both keep down um, uh, chances of bacterial uh, infection within the people, but also keep like mold from growing. Uh, it's a multi-use thing that it's kind of known will shorten your life, but a lot slower than if you were to say, catch the virus that was outside or get some other disease um, that they just don't have. They have the capabilities with the automation, but maybe not the materials necessary on the lower levels. Higher up, there's a better chance and therefore that's sprayed a little bit less. They, they have more materials, more supplies in the upper levels. Just like any society, the upper tier gets more access to stuff. So here's Jacob and his mother. They're doing what they can to entertain one another in very low-end ways. They're not performing necessarily. They're just doing their own thing. They're just living their life, eating the little little slop buckets of food that they end up getting every day. And due to the sickness brought about by this mist that sprayed everywhere, Jacob's brother ends up dying at a young age. He, he develops like a lung condition from it and he dies. It doesn't happen often, but it is known to happen. And during his brother's funeral or wake, whatever you want to call it, he sings a traditional song of basically that's saying at a lot of the lower level funerals and the like, just the, the common man, the working man, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it. And somebody ends up hitting the record button on the feed while he starts singing this song. And it becomes very popular on the feeds. He, uh, he ends up sparking the circuit, as they call it, which is just their way of saying going viral. And a lot of people keep rewatching this video and with rewatches, there is a point where it's known that if you get enough rewatches and there is no real number that people know how many is enough, then you move up to the next level where you're going to have more access to more food or better food, 
better resources the higher up you go. And it's known as ascending when you go to the next level. So Jacob accidentally becomes this viral sensation. He sparks the circuits and he doesn't get enough where he ends up ascending, but he does end up having what's called a advocate that shows up on their level to help him find his voice, quote unquote. And his name on the feeds, basically just like the comment strings on a YouTube video, is Brother Jacob, because you know he was the brother of the, the kid that died. But also there's more to it than that, that his, his being at the very bottom level and him being just this well-known and well-appreciated, you know, like young adult, like early to mid-teens, that he's kind of the brother to everybody in this uh, community on this level. And so almost like in their little mini society, he is the brother to everyone. And so his advocate shows up, who is known as St. Nick. His name is Nicholas, but he's known as St. Nick because it's not very complicated. He has a big beard. And uh, he is also a singer. And so he was assigned as an advocate to Jacob to help him develop his voice, to develop his look, his, his tone. And he decides to lean in on the whole, you know, poor man's hero vibe that he came from the bottom to really play into that, but put a, like a more polished tone on it so that people on the upper levels can have, it's more accessible to them. And it works uh, with much prodding and pushing by a lot of people in his community. Um, he decides to do another song. His mom is not into it. Carla wants him to lay low or he'll be taken from them. As there have been plenty of people that accidentally, you know, were recorded doing something or for some reason or another ended up becoming worth something to the society and getting pulled out of their level, whether they wanted to or not. And his friend Suri, who has idolized a number of the stars, quote unquote, from this closed circuit television, warns him of the dangers of taking that journey to celebrity, basically, and that it could take you quicker than the virus can, that you get addicted to the fame. And he's, that's why he knows that. And he says from interviews with people that have gotten famous before. And basically the, the dystopian version of the person that reads all the blogs and all the magazines about the celebrities and knows who everybody's married to and all the gossip, all the tea. That's Surrey. He's, he's, he's heard all the stuff about people that have uh, ascended before. So Jacob, with much prodding, ends up singing another song that's a traditional song from their levels, you know, the lower levels, just about family and community. And it's a banger. And it, even though it's a traditional song, he has such a beautiful and innocent sounding voice that he lends something to it. And that's enough that he already has a little bit of a pull from his previous, you know, accidental hit that he ends up ascending with this song. He gets, he gets enough watches that he ascends with this, uh, with this banger. And so the next level that he reaches is the early levels of basically people that have entirely been involved in entertainment, either ascended from pre the levels before, or they were, they have some specialty in entertainment that gives them a reason to be at that level, whether it be like makeup or something along those lines, but it's very low level at this point. There's not a lot of money or information, you know, about where everybody's going, you know, the, the moving up ascending thing, there's lots of rumors about what that even means. But ultimately, people just think it's more food or better food. You might even get your own room at some point on the higher levels. You know, that it's just a way of dishing out services and goods based on your 
resources of being an entertainer to entertain this otherwise completely like closed in society. So Jacob gets to this lower level and there's some people that have been there for a while. There's some people that have recently moved up and he comes across and there's a number of different communities within each level. It's there's these big expansive levels. So there doesn't mean that you necessarily know everyone within your level if you've been from that level. And so there are people that have recently come up that Jacob's not aware of. And there's some people he is that he had a friend, uh, Morgan, that had ascended maybe six months before he did uh, from getting kicked in the nuts, you know, or something stupid like that. Just some kind of YouTube viral video type thing where there isn't a lot of talent behind it, but it still gets tons of hits. Uh, That's Morgan. And he, of course, immediately like pairs up with Morgan as like a friend on this level as they've known each other for their entire lives and they've always been friendly with one another. And so it's like an exciting thing for both of them. And then then there's the competitive types, the ones that see others on this level as someone that might get in their way of ascending even further. And of those two are a brother and sister, uh, Gent and Dame Phillips. And it's never explained if that's their actual names or if like that's their stage names. But again, in this world where entertainment has been the only currency, it's very likely that Dame and Gent might have been their actual birth names. So Jacob it basically goes into a, like entertainment camp where they learn dance moves. They work on their singing. They work on any other kind of entertainment that these people are bringing to the table. It's not just singers and dancers. There's magicians. There's uh, contortionists. There's fire eaters. There's all sorts of different entertainers. entertainers. It's an America's Got Talent type of uh, boot camp. And there is not really a competition in that, that there's a first prize winner. It's just a matter of views. And so some people team up to end up trying to get more views. More people in, you know, in the video may mean that there's a better chance of ascension. Although there's no guarantee you will ascend as well as everybody else. It's totally up to whoever's pulling all the strings. And so out of fear of being a soloist in this level, um, self-doubt, Jacob joins the group, a singing group. And they work out a number that is nothing like Jacob's sung before. It's more of like a, a positive, happy, kind of dancey thing. And but he picks up the dance moves quick and he is able to harmonize with everyone. He's a natural talent with, as a singer. And so they go out and the first first song out, they get enough to ascend to the next level. And then comes kind of a quicker part of this film where you're seeing them moving into better quarters and getting, you know, better, better clothing, better food. You can get maybe a shot of Jacob taking a bite of like a, a Twinkie for the first time and his eyes rolling in the back of his head, tasting refined sugar for the first time. And there's little blips in between. It's not a full-on montage, little blips in between as you start to see Gent getting more and more jealous of Jacob clearly being a favorite within their group and Dame starting to recognize that Jacob's not a competitive spirited person that he's a person with natural talent that is honestly just as surprised as everybody else that he's doing so well, that he's, he's grounded. He's, you know, cares about his friends and his family deeply. And that's the most important thing to him. And there's something so both innocent, which is impossible in this kind of world. And also honest about Jacob that she starts to kind of bring her walls down a little bit and get closer to him. And you see, she comes from this person that at first, you know, hated his guts and saw him as the enemy, along with her brother seeing him as the enemy, that she's starting to recognize that maybe his approach is kind and bringing kindness to the world 
there's something to it. And it's pulling her further away from her brother and pulling her closer to Jacob at the same time. And you can tell that there's a romance starting to form in this situation. Then they ascend to a level where it is high end. There's, you know, fine china. And there are a number of the people in this singing group that they're in. There's like six members that are starting to get used to being of the higher levels where they they're getting used to being wined and dined. And Jacob is kind of one of them. He's on the fence. He's still relatively grounded, but he's just starting to forget his roots a little bit. You know, he, he at first the beginning of this asked to see his mother as much as, uh, as possible. And he just wasn't able to that once he ascended, he was more focused on, you know, learning his dance moves and entertaining people that that was, his job. That's how he earned his keep on these higher end levels. And the further up that he went, the less chance he had to actually see anybody from his past. He became the pet of the elite. And so that's where Jacob's head is at the level that they're at, where they're fine dining. There's musicians playing violins. It's very bougie. And in a surprise twist that is orchestrated by Gent, it's announced that this in this competition, or this will be a competition between all the members of the group, that this is the final ascension, this level that they're at, and that their final ascension, basically, they become like a full-fledged, realized member, and that they don't have to pay with being an entertainer. If they choose to entertain, they can, but it's at their leisure. They're not, not under, quote-unquote, contract. And that's the dream, is to be, you know, in, in this level, you're seeing celebrities from their world that have ascended before, and they're very few and far between, but people that have been able to just be wined and dined and treated like royalty without having to do anything ever again, basically able to retire. And Jacob, so young, you know, teenager, the concept of him being able to retire is just incredible. But the trick is, is that this ascension is rare. And what the director, uh, director Susan Woodson, is the person that ends up being revealed to be running this installation, you know, this underground society, the person that's running this like entertainment closed circuit hive is, uh, is suggest that there's too many of them in the group for them all to ascend. So in this last one, it's not about reaching a certain number to ascend. It's about reaching the highest number to ascend that only one will ascend to the next level. And the rest will have to be basically enslaved entertainers uh, until they are able to, be chosen, um, whether it be reaching that magic number or just basically it's, it's realized that like Susan Woodson, the director can decide whatever they want. They can change the rules whenever they want. And this was a way of the gent was using to basically assert his dominance over Jacob that his sister's basically dead to him at this point. You know, you chose your, your side. And so he's in it for himself. So he basically tries to fuck the rest of his crew, his, his, song and dance troupe by uh, setting them against one another. And so it's high drama. And of course, everybody's tuning in and they get to vote for their favorite person, uh, just like a competition show in modern day. And Jacob decides to make an arrangement of a song that was sung to him when he was a kid by his mom. And it's very different than what the group had been doing up to that point, but it's a little bit closer to the roots that he came from from being in the lower levels and and being, you know, kind of a, a representative of theirs. 
you know, so not everybody in this group started at the lower levels. Some were born into the higher levels. And, you know, they're, they're not everybody had that experience. But Jacob, he comes from a long line of people that have always been at the bottom, never been entertainers, never been able to find their voice. And he finally did as brother Jacob. And he remembers the brother part of that and sings basically the song of his people. And he narrowly wins. He wins it all. And with that win, he gets to meet the director, the director, Susan Woodson, who's been pulling the strings this whole time. And at that point, they, they're sitting down, just the two of them. And she explains, you know, now that he's ascended, that he has to sign like an NDA contract, basically, in order to, uh, to escape his uh, servitude as an entertainer. And it's explained to him that basically that the world of the ascended is a free world where they have access to the outside. The outside actually has been healing and it's on its way, but it's not all the way yet. So resources are limited that they, there is farming and that is automated farming, you know, that there's still not a lot for people to do except live, but there's such limited resources that letting too many people out and, and exposing too many people to these resources would possibly send us right back to where we were that caused all the problem. They're worried about the virus spreading still. And even though it seems like it's gone, the more people out there, the better chance of it spreading um, the, about resources. And yes, that there's definitely clearly lines of greed that are woven into this uh, excuse for the society running the way that it has. But ultimately there are significantly more people out and ascended than Jacob or anybody has any idea about people that have never had to compete people that have never had to work their way up to the top that have always just been there generationally. And so the, the closed circuit isn't, there is this entire other society that is above them, above this, this closed in closed circuit society that the entire society below is just this churning factory basically for entertainment that the upper people, the upper society is able to enjoy. And so they don't care about ascending. They've ascended. They don't have to do anything. They can eat the best of the food and enjoy the outside world and fresh non pumped in oxygen and enjoy the entertainment of the lower classes without anything, without any payment. And he sees the, the disenfranchisement that is happening with his people from the, the below levels and bites his lip and says nothing about his feelings on it to the director, uh, but it's clear on his face. And uh, the director, because of the songs that he had chosen before, warns him not to politicize his ascension, that this is a one-way ticket and that he'll have the chance to say goodbye to a few folks that he needs to say goodbye to, but that's it. And then he's done. And then he has to move on with his life and be part of the ascended. And so... Before the concert, he has this big solo concert to celebrate his like ascension, you know, his his first solo outside of the group. And before then, he, he invites a number of people from the different levels to to see him. And so Saint Nick, his his mentor, the person that sent him on his path, that he's it's kind of a replacement father figure. His mother Carla, uh, Dame, his love interest, and Morgan, who was his friend that has ascended six months before him are invited along with his friend Suri that was the one that, you know, was obsessed with this pop culture entertainer world 
but never ascended himself. Uh, and he thought it'd be so nice to let him see, you know, the top of the top, you know, eat the best food and be able to enjoy this concert. And that's when it's told to him that after Jacob ascended, Surig became even more obsessed than he had before about ascending, about being an entertainer. And he had nothing to go on. He had no talent as a singer or an actor or a dancer or magician. And he tried everything. And the one job that was really available to people was uh, a sprayer, like the it's little backpacks, almost like you would for uh, spraying weeds in your yard, a little pump sprayer, uh, but it's you know automated, so it just sprays it out. And the danger of this, though, is that it is flammable. And Surrey realized that he could blow fire like some of the higher level people do, the fire blowers, because it's flammable. So he started getting lots of hits on the video by spraying some of this gas into his mouth and then spraying it out in front of a fire source. And it was this like very, you know, jackass meets dystopian kind of vibe that these videos had. And he seemed so excited that he was pulling it off that that's part of the reason why it became viral is this look at this big dumb idiot that's so excited that he's doing something incredibly dangerous, not just the fire breathing part, but also in, he's ingesting some of this stuff that is like just kind of known to be a carcin carcinogenic. You know, it's, it's something that will kill you. But at this point, he was so obsessed with moving up that he didn't really care anymore. And unfortunately, he, in his excitement of doing this fire breathing, had the flame open. And when he went to bring the, the wand up to inhale the gas, it moved too close to the open flame and lit the tip. So when he pressed down on the trigger to release the gas into his mouth, it was a basically blowtorch that shot into, into his throat and um, basically melted him from the inside out. And it was horrific. And it was on video for everyone to see and was one of the highest rated videos of all time. But unfortunately, you know, in, in that act, uh, Surrey, you know, melted his head. So he was not able to reap the benefits of finally ascending the way that, you know, he always had intended. And Jacob is horrified by hearing this, uh, that a friend of his became so obsessed that like the, the aspiration of becoming famous in this closed circuit world that ends up not even being real that it's too much for him to bear. And he feels partially responsible because his ascension is what fed Suri's uh, uh, obsession with this, uh, with this idea of ascending. And for, just to find out that it's for the, the fully ascended for their entertainment, it's not for anything useful. It's, it's for people that have never had to work to just sit back and relax and enjoy it. And he has enough. And so when he goes up on stage, he sings a couple numbers, you know, the, num the number that he got famous for, the number that he first did with his group um, as, as a solo act um, instead of with the group. And he, at that point, you know, is talking in between segments and very quickly before the feed gets cut, dedicates a song to his friend Suri who died. And then he explains a little bit in very short cliff notes what happened and then says the only way, and then before they can get to the controls to cut him off uh, partially because Dame and Morgan go and stop them in the control room from turning off the feed, uh, tells them uh, everything uh, as quickly as he can about there being another society on that's on the surface 
and that they're being used, they're slaves for entertainment, and they need to revolt. They need to fight. They need to uh, try to get to the surface because the surface is theirs. It's not just it's just not the, the the elite. It's not just the ascended that everyone can ascend. All they have to do is find a way to get there, and so revolt happens. You know, there's there's uh, people breaking through doors and trying to escape and uh, destroying security cameras and just fully rebelling against this uh, closed circuit system that they've become slaves to. And that's when Brother Jacob gets pulled into the director's office or, or office slash home. And they have a back and forth about, you know, that, you know, he's a stupid child that doesn't understand the ramifications of his actions, that if this falls apart, and so does everything. And then that the entertainment is the only thing that's keeping people like distracted enough not to, you know, become the same that they were in the old world and just a bunch of like excuses for, you know, not sharing the wealth. And Jacob saying that, you know, the minute you enslave people, you lose your position of, of you know, it being about protecting the people. And that, that old trope that, of course, is part of every dystopian story ever. And so as there's the battle ensuing, and there are people that are armed and, and there to protect, you know, the upper echelons of people. Um, that's their payment. Uh, it's the people that moved up in the echelons through violence, you know, fighting one another, even to the death on video for people to watch, uh, that end up be paying for it by being the personal security of the upper echelon folks. They're at this level, the highest level, and the director pulls out a final pompous statement of that eventually there will be somebody that knocks on their door uh, to that room and or or opens the door and if it's Jacob's people then he of course then he's one and there's nothing that the director can do about it but if it's the director then he then Jacob has signed his own fate and that he is doomed along with it as his family and everyone that he loves that will be put to death live for everybody to enjoy as an example of the dangers of going against, you know, the pre-established code of things. And so there's a knock and then open the door and it's Dame and Morgan and Carla, his mother at the head of this crowd of people that are there ready to, you know, start the society over again. And so the final scenes of the movie is them pushing this, you know, large red button on a cable that opens up this big bay door and the sun rushes in and they see that there's homes, there's buildings that have been built, you know, not like buildings that we know today, but, you know, kind of a mixture of a futurist look with a rustic, like built from scratch kind of look at the same time. And there's little robots that are roving around that are like vehicles with cranes on them and stuff, just suggesting that this is still a very automated society. And the last scene is... Dame and Jacob standing next to each other and then grasping one another's hands, looking at each other and then looking out into the world as the camera pans in and Jacob taking like a big breath as there's a crescendo in the music and then it just cuts to black to the credits. And so this story, That's Entertainment, is hitting a lot of different things. First off, a lot of this story is from a dream that I had the other night, especially the death of Surrey where he puts the sprayer in his mouth and burns his head out. Like that was something that I woke up like seriously freaked out from a nightmare about the spray to get rid of like viruses and stuff was from a nightmare. There was a number of things that were pulled from a dream or a nightmare for this uh, story. 
and then got kind of molded and developed into this uh, dystopian story musical that is hitting on a couple of the classic tropes of a dystopian story. You've got the power struggle between the elite and the, uh, the oppressed. You've got a person that finds themselves with a foot in both worlds. Uh, you've got a, what they call the shapeshifter or the person that ends up becoming like, there's a bad person at the beginning and then learns that, you know, the, the protagonist is really like their way is the right way, which is Dame, the love interest. You've got a lot of the elements that you have with a dystopian film, but instead of having a conversation just on the class system, it's also paralleling, you know, that our, our cultural clashes that we have one another with one another and the wealth distribution in this society as, as a whole that is commonly used in conversation in dystopian films. It's also discussing the entertainment industry and the idea that, you know, being an entertainer, you're value to the world is in your ability to produce. And that is something that anybody that is in any level of creativity, whether it be from being a content creator, like a podcaster or a YouTuber to being a singer or songwriter or a musician or an artist or a craftsman of some type that you definitely do get a feeling at certain levels and above that your personhood isn't of importance. It's what you can produce. It's the version of yourself that you give to the world, whether it be through craftsmanship or art or music or any kind of entertainment that your ability to connect with people on a personal level becomes more complicated. The more success you get, because there's a version of yourself that people see and not the real version of yourself. And it's the idea that unlike the days of yore that everybody talks about fondly when you could work a nine to five job and be able to support a family. Um, what's left out in that conversation is there was always a disenfranchised class that didn't get to do that. That were the ones that were really doing all the hard work and dealing with all the bullshit for you to be able to live that life. And that's the, that's the disenfranchised class. That's the entertainment class in this story for that 1950s, kind of lifestyle that you know white america got to enjoy in the 1950s and so that's definitely related here but more so it's relating the idea that what a lot of people don't seem to recognize is that entertainers are working that creatives are working that musicians and and even podcasters are i say even podcasters anybody that's creating something is putting a lot of time energy and emotion and blood sweat and tears into the stuff that they make and in many ways, it's no different than your nine to five jobs, your construction jobs. You know, there's different levels of exhaustion. And of course, there's, it's different in some ways, but also the idea to devalue one over another is, is horseshit. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing to discredit one because you are more leaning towards the other. Entertainment is important and it's in, it's so frightening that the arts are being taken out of taken out of school because like in the story there's so many things that are being taken away from us with automation but that doesn't necessarily mean that those jobs that are no longer there are necessary we need to have a new conversation about uh what it means to contribute to society as some of these jobs get automated and taken away from us there's always going to be stuff that humans can do that the automated or a the AI or robots or they are not able to do, and to discredit that, whether it be making chef level food because I don't care how good you make the the robots, 
they're not going to be able to cook like a person can cook. But that's in the levels of being a creator, an artist. There's always stuff that humans are going to be able to do. And when you discredit one over another, then you are suggesting that, it, that it's just a person not trying hard enough. But as there's less jobs and more people, it's not about not trying hard enough. It's about availability. A number of people I know that haven't been able to work in the industry that they got degrees for just because the jobs simply aren't there are, is, is most, most of the people I know. So we need to re-evaluate how we look at jobs and at success and maybe require less hours for the same amount of pay, just to throw it out there, or higher wages in general, um, not just the, uh, the fight for 15 thing, not necessarily that, but that whatever the measure is for the wage should be livable. Not that you move it up to 15 and then inflation takes care of that. And in six months, we're back to square one again. People deserve to exist with a level of comfort nowadays. And we can do that through automation and through uh, better appreciating people at a, at, a, at a different level than we are now. People deserve more than they're getting. We're, we're being taken advantage of in the society not just as artists, but as any kind of worker, we're being taken advantage of. We're not making enough money. Cost of living is going up. Uh, job availability is going down. And we're getting squeezed for every single bit of value that we have, uh, whether it be monetarily or from what we can give into the world. And people are getting burned out. People are, are working themselves to death to try to keep up. And it's unfair. And there will be a point that hopefully we'll stand up and say enough is enough. And we're fully capable of living a better life for all of us. And that's a conversation that needs to really be seriously had at this point. And that's the conversation that I'm trying to have with that's entertainment, that entertainment is one of many things that will always be necessary to a society and it should be appreciated for that. And that is my time on this uh, longer version of the short list from smack my pitch up. I hope you liked the story as I mapped it out. If you have any ideas on how I could have played with the story a little bit different, I'm always open to hearing it. By the way, just to throw out of an idea for a director for this, just to give you a tone, as I thought that Bong Joon-ho, uh, Bong Joon-ho, who did uh, Parasite and The Host and Snowpiercer, very much has worked in this dystopian world before. And additionally, all of his stuff tends to be about class war <laughs> in some way, shape, or form about the conversation about the caste system of human beings. And so I think would be a perfect fit for this, as well as his stuff having a, a dark comedic tone to it, which I think is very possible in this as well. So uh, that, that's my choice for a director. Let me know what you think on this episode or any previous lead. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, smack my pitch up wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll find you next time for a full length uh, smack my pitch up with a reboot, remake, or reimagining of something you've come to love or hate over the years uh make sure you tell your friends find all of our shows and all the shows on the geeks under the influence network at guipodcast.com make sure to check out deeply upsetting and geeks under the influence my two other shows on the network we'll find you next time i'm mike the hobbit and you just got pitch smacked guipodcast.com <laughs>
My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com.